steel it'll take you about eight seven minutes to hack out of them or you can hack through your arm in five that was cold shit that was some you cold still, shit that that's the shit of legends right there you can't kill a man for stealing his boots yes <laughs> <laughs> yes make no mistake <laughs> It's bitch. It's happening now, bitch. It's happening. Uh, you speaking like this is past. You speaking like this is before this has happened, bitch. We're in present tense now. It's happening. Oh wait now. a minute. Oh wait a minute. Do I not have a dead wife? Do I not have a dead daughter? <laughs> These were your friends. That's you. The fact that you know a guy that you know a guy yes. named Toe Cutter. Oh, means you got to go. <laughs> the last person who had information, I crushed him under a car. Remember him? I'm going to say some names. Never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to say some names. He's like, <laughs> Johnny, Johnny the boy, Toe Cutter, Knight Rider. You t- have you missed anybody? I don't know. <laughs> And with that, hey everybody, welcome to the Approximate Podcast. My name's Jamie French, and I'm with my co-host, Orion Quest. Hey. Uh, so today is a we're having a very special episode. We just it is um, it is the it's still the 14th, right? It's still yes, but last night marked the premiere. Yeah, at midnight, and I didn't even get to it till I was only able to see it around four. Here's what we're talking about: we're talking about season eleven. Of Mystery Science fucking Theater 3000. They brought it back. They brought it back. They brought it back today. We're still within the very day that it came back. And we just watched the... uh, It's available on Netflix. um, All 14 episodes of the 11th season. And we just watched uh, episode 1 today. And uh, we're fresh off the heels of of amazing television. We couldn't be happier. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Reptilicus. 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 So, for those of you that are new, or those of you that have forgotten past episodes, I guess this would make, I don't know, we've got to count this as a Monday show. I don't know. Yeah. Should we count this as a Monday show, an official approximate podcast? Yes. Well, okay. Well, why the fuck not? Because we're recording on a Friday. We usually do this on a Monday. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, for those of you who are new to this or haven't been paying attention, um, Mystery Science Theater holds a very, very special place in our hearts. Um, it's We're in a band. Our band is called This Island Earth, and the name was taken from one of our favorite episodes of Mystery Science Theater 3000, a movie 
that they watched. Um, if you're not familiar with the premise, Mystery Science Theater is uh, very shortly is uh, it's a it's a show where they it's a show where really bad B movies are goofed on very very hilariously. Um, and uh, actually, the uh, where where we got our name that wasn't actually from an official episode of the show. That was from the movie the that they put out in 1997. I want to say mm. so 97 somewhere around there. I think it was 97. 97. Yeah, you're right. 97, 98. Yeah. Either way, we get our we get our band name from the damn show. Uh, it's a show that goes back all the way to my earliest adolescence. I'm 37 years old. The show came out in 1989. Um, I started watching it and paying attention to it. Like it was always in the background of my head as a kid around like, oh, 10 or 11 years old, but I didn't actually start paying attention to it till I was around, oh, 14 or so. And I lived and died by the sword of Mystery Science Theater 3000. And so it's a really big deal for our band. And I know it's a really big deal to a lot of people that have been waiting, hoping just that it would the, make its return. Just check the date of 1996. Yeah. 1996. Yeah. Uh, they have been hoping that this show will come back after approximately 18 years of, of waiting and hoping and, and not really feeling good about its chances. show went, was, lasted for about 10 years, 1989 to about 1999. And, uh, and yeah, we've been devoid of Mystery Science Theater for yeah, about 18 years. And, uh, and it's finally back. And it's every bit as good as everybody that cares about the show had hoped. Um, I got to say, round of applause, round of applause for Mystery Science Theater for doing such a good job at bringing back that something that's such a, a special kind of institution for the kind of people that like that show. Um, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I've been jawing at the mouth. <laughs> not, not since Star Trek The Next Generation has a reboot of a series. First of all, had been so, you know, looked on with skepticism and 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 really been put under the thumb of of of, of um, popular television. So it was no doubt that it was going to be done, but people were going to wonder how it was going to turn out and and. As with all good things, when it's left to the people who either A, originally did it, or the people who, who have fallen in love with it and have taken on that mantle, it's going to come out good. It's, it, it, it felt like you haven't missed a day. Right. You know, I want to kind of preface this before we go any further. I don't want to, for people that aren't aware of Mystery Science Theater 3000, this shows, I, I don't want to make this, I don't want this to be a general audience's show. I don't want to have to explain the mythology and the backstory of Mystery Science Theater. This is for people that already give a shit about Mystery Science Theater 3000. Because if you are a fan, then you're you're tuning into a podcast like this to hear other people's reactions about it, and and that's what I'm going to be doing. I want to I want to see what everybody thinks. So I'll be doing the same thing y'all are doing. I'll be reading interviews and looking up podcasts and checking out articles and it's it's a fucking fantastic time for us fans and so this show is for us fans if you don't know what we're talking about listen to last week's episode or tune into next week's episode because this is for people that are already in the know um i was 
telling a ride. We just got done watching the episode, oh, about an hour and a half ago. And then we uh, we had to do some studio stuff and set up the podcast. And now here we are, ready to talk about it. I remember um, that it was about four in the morning uh, this morning of the 14th, very, very early in the morning. Um, I was able to tune into Netflix, and and there it was. And I was checking on the hour every hour. There was a kind of a countdown uh, for this episode to air. And I believe it was supposed to go live uh, like midnight, like 12.01 Pacific time. We're central time. And at 2 o'clock, I was like, okay, it should be here, 2 o'clock. Didn't see nothing. Didn't see nothing on Netflix. So I kept checking in incrementally like every few minutes until around basically around 4 o'clock in the morning. It finally popped up on the on the Netflix. And I was tired. I was ready to go to bed. And I thought, I'll just save it until tomorrow. I'll wait till Ryan comes by and we can watch it together. Um, but that that love in me was so strong that I couldn't help it. And despite all better judgment, <laughs> I went and I hit I hit play. And the show came on. And I got to admit a, a kind of a, a weird moment of weakness. Uh, like the first two, like the first like maybe minute and a half of like, uh, it has like a cold open. And the first minute and a half in there, I'm checking it out, wide-eyed. Uh, I'm in my bed with the laptop by my side. I'm surrounded by a bag of popcorns and smokes. And, uh, and it's completely dark and... And I'm sitting there, and and I had to pause it about a minute in, because the theme song of the show started at about a minute in, and I kind of, fuck, judge me, judge me, fuck you. I lost it for a second, and I actually got up out of bed, and I'm dead tired, it's four in the morning, and I went to go pour myself a glass of wine. I walked into my kitchen, and I just stood there for a minute, and, and... I'm sorry, fuck you, but te- tears started streaming down my face a little bit. That's how important this dumb little puppet show is to to folks that are in love with Mystery Science Theater. It was it was an emotional experience because as soon as the I had seen enough in that minute to know that things were on the right track. And then when the song started, I don't know. Everything just came flooding in at once, and I, I had to take a moment. I had to take a moment. Um, but, yeah, I, I went back in, and, and I hunkered down, and I said, okay, okay, let's calm down, man up, let's, let's, see, what, let's see what they did. Let's see if, if it was worth the wait, if it was worth whew, all the history and the Kickstarter pan- campaign and, and, and all the hard work that went into bringing this thing back. And... Um, it wasn't more than like two minutes after the uh, after the theme song that they hit the very right out of the gate. They hit with the fucking jokes, and it was not only was are, were the jokes amazing, but they captured the flavor of the original song. They fucking nailed it. Some things were different, but of course they would be. You know, I, I think that's one of the things that um. One of the things that I was trepidatious about was knowing that there was going to be this much pressure from old fans uh, 
to want it to be like a nostalgia trip. Like every like fans wouldn't be satisfied with it unless it was exactly 1997, 1994 classic mystery science theater. Uh, but the entire cast had changed. Some voices of the puppets that are involved changed. You know, so like it's it's pretty much a it's kind of a clean slate, but with only with the uh, the original guy Joel Hodgson at the helm overseeing the entire project and new writers, new everything. Um, and so there was a I was afraid I wanted to give it a chance. Um, it's been too long. Like beggars can't be choosers. If this is happening, you got to give it a chance. But I kind of felt the weight of like pop culture expecting it to be what it was perfectly to a T. And if it wasn't that, then it was going to like crash and burn. All that shit, all that shit that I had made up in my head went right out the window as soon as they started in. I was like, no, this is, this is exactly the show and the spirit of the show and the flavor of the show right down to a goddamn T. They goddamn fucking nailed it. I couldn't be happier that I got 13 more episodes of this thing to watch and experience. And I couldn't be happier that knowing that it is what it was with just a few extra modern flourishes is now something that other 14-year-olds of today get to enjoy. They get to have this in their lives, and it gets to be there for people like us, where, like, there there was an 18-year void where kids had to, like, discover, like, they, you had to fucking, you had to go and torrent it to find it, and you had to have, like, a cool older brother to, to tell you. He had to hold know a guy <laughs> who knew a guy who... Who stole it from a couple of friends, other guys. And now it's back in an official capacity for a whole new generation of, like, funny, intelligent, long attention span having kids that, like, that feel like they don't, like, this show is for kids. It's like the type of thing you never knew you always wanted. And and um, and I'm so good that it's back on the. It's so good that it's back on the map for kids like me now. Now there's like an, there's an opportunity to relate to a whole new generation where there was none before. <laughs> where for the past 18 years I used to go, you goddamn kids, you know, because you can't relate to kids not when you're old. Well, now Mystery Science Theater's back to to, to build that bridge and go. Oh no 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 no. We have Crow T Robot in common. We have Tom Servo in common. We have this wonderful show in common. You know, that's just me being. <laughs> that's just hyperbole. But, <laughs> but I don't know. It's just filling me with uh, with amazing. Um, I don't know. Just just the the best feelings. Just the best feelings. Couldn't be happier that it's back. What did you, Orion? What did you uh, think of the episode? I mean, I've been talking. I've been talking a lot of like abstract, just feelings kind of thing, and kind of beating around the bush. But let's actually get into the uh, the episode. What did you think when you? What was your first impression when you first saw episode one of season eleven? I. It didn't miss a beat for me. Um, I I believe in the I believe I believe in the spirit of things. Yeah. You know, I believe that if what's the best way to put this? You know, I had said it I had said it earlier. Um 
well for 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 starters i don't do i don't do series very well for the same reason um that i i i kind of watch them because i'll start to get into them and they get canceled um um it happened to me three times in a row um firefly was one of my favorite shows um carnival was one of my favorite shows and um I was just um, getting older as I became a, a fan of, of Trek and the Trek movies because it was in syndication. Um, when I heard that they were going to make a new series about about Star Trek, I was like, mm, that's not going to work for me until I found out that the original writer and producer and director and, and basically the, the creator, Gene Roddenberry, was right. going to be on board for it. Right. And there's something there's something about Everything that he's not touched versus everything he did touch, and I knew that when when it comes to when Fly, when Firefly was getting made into a movie, that was based on fans wanting to see the end of that that saga, and when Josh Whedon did it, we knew it was going to be a good movie. Um, now comes to 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 Mystery Science Theater three thousand, and. All that I cared about was is is Joel Hodgkin going to be on this thing? If he's going to have any, it was his baby to begin with. It was his thing, and if he's got a say in it, then it if it, his comedy and his spirit basically permeated the entire series. Just his kind of quirkiness and and nerd his nerd, his level of of nerdism went through the whole series, and. Um, no, I I think that's I that's one of the things that hit me so hard when when the, like right off the bat why it hit me so hard is because immediately you could feel it's it's like the entire show was basically a a proxy for Joel Hodgson speaking to you. Yes. You know, you it was his sensibilities across the board. And of course, not to take away from any of the other people that that all the writers, all the talents, the puppeteers, the voices, the the new host, uh, Jonah. Um, of course, they all their voice helps you know flesh out what you actually saw on episode one. But the overall sensibility, why the show felt right after eighteen years of absence, was because it was it it's still Joel's baby, and now. It's his baby in a way that it hasn't been since the early 90s. Like, it really is his thing all over again. Um, I, again, I didn't want to make, I didn't want to like say a bunch of stuff for, for new people, but just a little bit of history, just based off of things I've read over the years and just osmosis from being such a fan of the show. This is very simplified version. I don't, I'm not an insider or anything like, obviously. Um, but the way it happened was around uh, 1994, Joel Hodgson uh, was the uh, – the uh, it, was, it was his show basically, okay? He was the creator of it, uh, ran everything, was the host, um, and uh, he lost – some things happened behind the scenes and he felt like he had to, uh, to bow down, bow out, and – kind of lost the lost his own rights to the show the the rights were held by the head producer of the show at the time guy named uh, uh Jim Mallon 
and um, and the show lasted for a few more years with a different host, Mike J. Nelson, and uh, there was a lot of weird scheduling changes and moving between uh, one channel to another. Things got really hairy. The show was in a state of kind of chaos for the next years after uh, Joel had left. A lot of cast changes, you know, the show just kind of slowly started to fall apart until it kind of went away in 1999. Well, when the show went away, Jim Mallon still had held the rights to, like, he owned the concept of Mystery Science Theater. Um, and he owned the name and, and all the characters. He owned all the rights, the creative rights to everything. And there was not much Joel could do about it, even if he had wanted to do something about it, which at the time, he didn't. He was kind of, you know... Uh, uh, disenfranchised, yeah. you know, and and it was feeling not so good about this thing that he created, or at least or being a part of the process, him. being a part of yeah. the system of it. Well, a bunch of years had to go by. Uh, you know, everybody goes through life, and he slowly started to come around to the idea that this is something that he would like to have again. And I don't know what happened, but eventually Jim Mallon let go of the reins and Joel was able to buy them back. Um, and perfect timing when he, when his want of doing the show again and his means to do it met, he was like, okay, we can do this thing. We can do this thing. And now all we need is the thing that everybody needs money. So what the man starts a Kickstarter campaign and, of course, 18 years is a long time to be hungry. Yes. So it didn't take any time at all for, for the man to raise like upwards of $6 million in like no time flat to get this show going. And made the goal, spent about a year and a half in production, hired all brand new people, all new writers, all new talent, and... And he, he put our beloved little puppet show back on the air. And uh, I tell you, couldn't be happier. Couldn't be happier. I can't wait for the second episode. I know. Absolutely. Um, so saying all that, um, I got to tell you, one of the things I, I really love about uh, the show as it stands right now, just from the one episode I've seen, is you could tell they went out of their way. They Everybody on the show was hired was a fan of Mystery Science Theater. That's yeah. how much time went by that all the people that were hired were fans in their adolescence. There are people around my age. There are people around Orion's age that grew up with the show, and it seems like the only people they hired were people that were fans of the show. So it was everybody was interested in maintaining that... The integrity the of the integrity show. The integrity of the show, and it shows. It really does show. Um, how many times can I say show? <laughs> So, so one of the things that you could tell happened, like they wanted to come out swinging. They wanted to come out swinging, and one of the ways that they did that spectacularly was with the uh, the riffing during the movie. It is strong, on point, and rapid fire. It takes two or three watches to catch them all. To catch them all, and again, it's. With the integrity of the show comes, is still the kind of show that rewards people that have a vast and detailed uh, knowledge of pop culture. Um, you gotta, you, you gotta be in and of the world to catch all the jokes. 
and they're quick, and it awards a, a long attention span. It's an hour and a half show, and you have to you have to be the kind of person that's willing to sit there and take it all in and not be distracted by anything. This is not a show for people with ADD, but it rewards you for that with a fucking laugh a minute, a laugh a goddamn minute. Um, it's it, If you're the kind of person that likes a show, you feel like you got family on the other side of the screen. And I think that's one of the best things any production, any show can offer its fans. You know, it's not passive entertainment. It draws you in in a way that it, it's like it's like a really good radio, a really good talk show um, or a really good podcast. We wouldn't know anything about that. No, but, not <laughs> But it's the it's the kind of show where you feel like there's more of a connection than a TV show ought to warrant, and and for that, uh, I'm forever grateful. Uh, it's it's one of those things where it's you know we only got seventy years worth of living, and most of that should be spent trying to get as much joy out of life as possible. And for eighteen years, for a certain kind of person. There was a missing piece of joy in life. You know, it's, it's, you can say it's just a TV show, which it is. It's just a TV show. But to have a group of people plug such a specific and strong amount of joy back into the world, it means everything. It really does. Even though it's just a simple puppet show, it means everything. You, you're at work. You're talking to your friends or or you're talking to someone and you say some off-color joke or some type of, of riff or gaff and they kind of look at you like you're strange. You're, you're in school and you say something that's incredibly nerdy and they look at you like you're a spaz. Um, me, me, playing, me playing in bands back in the day... Um, I would I would use all sorts of pop cultural references, everything from the things that I learned from the BBC and from science fiction shows to to old school movies. I would use them as quotes and just joke around. And for the most part, people would people would just look at you like brush you off. You know, they don't they don't they don't get it. So you're 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 watching Comedy Central. And next thing you know, you see these guys that say this one offhand thing. You're like, I know what he's talking about. And you listen more and more, and you watch what they're doing. And they're doing what you used to do when you were a kid, hanging out with your friends during the summer. All you would do is you would go see the worst movies ever over and over again. And all you would do is just sit and just bag on them hour after hour after hour. It, you cried and I smiled because contrary to popular belief, this is our thing. And it's your thing. And after 18 years, when you thought that your thing would never, ever happen again, the guy who created it says, this is my thing. And it's time to put it back out there again. Make it put y'all's it back, thing again. <laughs> but not just put it back out there again. We're talking about a lot of different yeah. people's things. <laughs> we're not just going to put this back out again. But I'm such a dick. We're not even going to reboot. 
we're just going to continue from yeah. the last one. That's yep. how that's how big my balls are. <laughs> you know, we're not going to call this a brand new show of this. We're starting at season eleven. That's the uh, that's the important thing. This you is know? this is not a show that was recreated yes. in the hopes that he can make something out of it. This you was know? a show that was literally brought back from the dead. You know, and and even in the first for for the for the uninitiated for the uninitiated for the for the uninitiated they gave you about five minutes for you. They basically said, "Strap on, we're gonna set you up with the characters. We're gonna tell you what's going on after that, son." You're on your own, and um, I'm I'm glad for it. I'm I'm glad for it to be back. Um, my once again, my thing is it's it, for people like for for nerds like us. We're glad it's back. For those that are in the sci-fi world or those in pop in the pop culture world that likes this type, who has that sense of humor, we're glad that thing is. We're glad that thing is back. You know, it it's always been our little secret. I mean. Kid just best explained it. You know, 24 hours ago, in a room, by herself, dark as fuck, popcorn, something to drink, something to smoke, lights are off, because you don't want nobody to hear you. You're in your own and fucking they, house. they specifically tell you in the beginning of the show, yeah. turn your lights yeah. down, we're applicable. <laughs> uh, parents, other side of the, other side of the, the state. She lives here by herself. She can turn up the volume as loud as she wants. Yep. But I can imagine, if you will, her huddled under a cover <laughs> like this, yep. looking at the bright light coming through. It It's one of the few things that you picked up. You, you basically got lost in that moment. You were back touching a piece of your old self again. Yep. And they gave that to you. And that's a special thing. Something some shows can do that. And keep in mind, this this is I don't wanna I don't wanna make it sound like this is not a nostalgia trip. It's it's way more important. You get nostalgic about all kinds of things. There are all kinds of dumb things I get nostalgic about from back when I was, you know, an adolescent. But this wasn't this wasn't just the return of something I liked. This was like family coming home. Does that add? Does that sound too heavy or too weighty for something that's ultimately just a television show? No, because what is a television show? It's a thing that's made by people, and 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 this show was made by people that had the very best intentions in mind. They want to make you laugh, and they want to connect with people. Like one of the classic lines. That uh, Joel Hodgson, when Joel Hodgson, way back in the day, around 1989, he was being inter- he was either having a production meeting, or yeah, yeah, he was talking to somebody. He was talking to a producer, and he was pitching the show. And the person he was talking to said, "Well, okay, that's this is a great idea. You goof on bad movies. You got a, a kind of a quasi like weird sci-fi loose premise that's not." too serious who's gonna get this show who do we who's gonna get this and joel hodgson said without a fucking skipping a beat he said the right people and that's all you need to know about the show the show was made with the best intentions the show was made with the intentions to connect with an audience and not just any audience but like-minded, specific people, good people, brainy people, 
smart people, um, intelligent emotionally and intellectually, and people that, above all, enjoy laughing. And that's, you know, you can say, well, everybody enjoys laughing. But no, there are some people that humor means more to them than others, you know. And it was Joel Hodgson's mission to to provide for those kind of people. And that's why this is such a big deal to fans that like Mystery Science Theater. We get our family back, and we couldn't be happier. It just goes to prove that a truly good thing never really dies. Sometimes you have to wait a while, but your family's always there. And Joel Hodgson made that happen, and uh, all the people involved made that happen, and all the fans helped to make that happen. And for that, we are all forever grateful. Yes. So thanks, Joel. (laughs) Not that he'll see this, but um, yeah, couldn't be happier. Couldn't be happier. Please, this goddamn punch. (laughs) Did you just say please, this punch? I certainly did. (laughs) Scare me. Um, We're at, oh, 32 minutes. Pretty good. I mean, we've kind of we've waxed poetic about our feelings about this episode, and I I just wanted to put this together to put it out there for fans um, of the podcast and of Mystery Science Theater. I would hope that the Venn diagram of those two circles uh, largely overlap. <laughs> um, is there anything else that you feel you want to say? Before I plug the show heavily, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's it's been a it's been a good night. I'm, it's been a really good it's night. Been great, it's been a great night. I can't wait for the I can't wait for the the, the second episode. Mm. Cool. Okay, so everybody, uh, Mystery Science Theater three thousand, eleventh uh, season. You can find it on Netflix. Pay eleven dollars right now for Netflix just to watch. All 14 episodes. I mean, if that's what it takes. Just, they're all there. You don't have to wait. Um, And do it. Do it now. Go to Netflix. Mystery Science Theater 3000. Season 11. Episode 1 through 14. Get it. And follow everybody that's like, look through the credits. Follow everybody on Twitter uh, that's involved with the show. They're all amazingly funny people. And uh, they're the kind of people that you want to know and that you want to get, like, updates and news and information from. So go do that. Get on the Twitter and, and follow everyone. Uh, beyond that, I think that's it for our little Mystery Science Theater Season 11 <laughs> endeavor. <Yeah. laughs> okay. All right, guys. Uh, uh, do we even want to do our own plugs? That's what the show's for. Oh, okay. Maybe, well, maybe Orion, why don't you close us out? <laughs> You want to even do your own plugs? Uh, yes, the approximate podcast is a mystery science season three thousand production. <laughs> it's, yeah, the, the approximate podcast is the best brains production. Yeah, um, it's a dead girl production. Um, you can reach uh, me and Jamie through the mothership, which is uh, approximatepodcast.com. In the Twitterverse, you can reach us at approxpod. At ApproxPod, A-P-P-R-O-X-P-O-D. Jamie, tell them about the burner line. Uh, the burner line, it's uh, 817-673-3704. Again, that's 
800-242-3704. You call that number, you uh, drop us a line, leave a text message, uh, leave a voicemail, and we will respond to your questions and comments on the air. Uh, Make them good. And as always, keep circulating the URL, www.mst3k.com. (laughs) Ba da 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 ba, shi da 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 ba, da 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 ba.